to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Amy Miller. Amy wrote to us a few months ago after relaunching her career following an eight year career break and a three year effort to relaunch. Her background is in public relations. Here's what she told us. I spent two years applying for jobs, and for a year of that, I was hitting it really hard, going to Chamber of Commerce meetings in my community, telling everyone I knew that I was ready to go back to work. I had my little elevator speech down pat, took classes to refresh my skills, got myself business cards made, a gorgeous website to showcase my capabilities, professional photos, went to the iRelaunch conference, you name it, I did it. And she sure did. I, th- those are so many of the the top recommendations and strategies that we give to relaunchers. But here's what happened. She said, I don't think I ever got more than a phone interview. And I only got a couple of those. It got to the point where I got so demoralized at not even getting a second look that I told myself I had to stop because I was becoming depressed. And I want to comment also that this is a reality of a prolonged job search sometimes is It can do a number on your mental health and it can cause depression. So uh, we're really appreciative of Amy for putting that up front as part of her story. We want you to know that things changed when Amy took a few weeks off and made a decision to go into business as a consultant. We are going to find out what happened after that and how that decision made a big difference in Amy's relaunch. Amy, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks, Carol. It's really nice to be here. Well, Amy, thanks again for that very authentic and real story uh, that hit home with so many relaunchers who read it um, in our private community and, of course, with us at iRelaunch. And, you know, I read a little bit about your career break and your relaunch journey, but before we get more into those details, can you tell us about your pre-break career and what led to your career break? Sure. Um, So I started out my career as a print newspaper reporter, and I worked uh, in journalism and then transitioned into public relations after about five years. And I worked in public relations for primarily for uh, small agencies serving clients in a bunch of different industries. And my career was very, it was central to my life. I, I was very, very active in my career. I traveled a lot. So it was, it was a, a primary source of identity for me. And I um, did not really think about having kids until I was quite a bit older. I actually, by the time I started trying to have kids, I actually went through a period of infertility. And mm-hmm. I mentioned that because that is actually what led to my career break. Mm-hmm. I experienced um, multiple miscarriages in a row and got to a point where I just didn't have the emotional fortitude to keep showing up every day in a challenging job. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to hit pause and I went back to school and got my MBA. And so before I actually had children, I went back to school full time. So officially, my career break started a bit before I actually had children when I was a full time student. Got it. And boy, the points you bring up really uh, ring true. And we talk about this at iRelaunch 
more broadly, but a couple of things. First of all, talking about how your career was central to your life and a primary source of your identity. And at iRelaunch, we talk about how when we're professionally disconnected for a long period and we're away from our professional identities, that because of how we view ourselves and also how society views people's lives, what you do for work is so intertwined to your whole identity as a person that you can experience a diminished sense of self when you are separated from that identity. So I really appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. And the other piece is that we talk about career breaks that are sometimes brought on by infertility. And uh, it's something that doesn't get discussed that often. And we don't have that many relaunchers who have gone on record talking about infertility being uh, really what precipitated their career break in the first place. So I also appreciate that. So um, you were you, got, you were getting your MBA, you were a student, then you had children. And then how did you know when it was time to start looking for a job again? At, was there some moment where you all of a sudden realized this is the time or was it something that built up Uh, over a longer period? I would say actually that I was thinking about going back to work all along, really. I think because, I don't know, I I feel like with with my cohort of um, friends who are older moms like myself, it's like I had so much life before I had my kids um, that it just like, it it just (laughs) imprinted on me in a way that was difficult. It was very difficult to shift and adopt a different lifestyle. I mean, it really is just a completely different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so although I really enjoyed and cherished the time that I got to spend with my kids, I was, I mean, all along, I was like, I'm going back to work. I'm going back to work, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I started, I, I even applied for a job. I think the first time I applied for a job seriously was actually when I was still pregnant with my second child, but it was a situation where it was a, a private school that was, it was like before the summer break and they weren't going to be needing someone for six months or something. And so mm. I for it. So I was, I was trying to point myself in that direction all along. So you applied for this job when you were pregnant with your second child, you've been, you were thinking about it and take us through I, maybe from that point when you applied for that job on, um, it, when you were then starting this, what became a prolonged job search, and you did all of these things, and you, you, you could say you did everything right. So at what point did you, well, well, maybe before we get there, can you take us through some of the details of what happened over that three-year period? Sure. I think, you know, at first my efforts were pretty casual, and I have to admit, too, that I was incredibly naive about this whole issue of going back to work and probably because I had blinders on because I didn't have kids until I was older Mm -hmm. and the struggles of other working parents were just not visible to me. I I was not paying attention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, I just thought, oh, I'm going to take this break. And in the meantime, I got my MBA and I literally told people I'm so lucky because I've never been in a position to really just handpick where I'm going to work, you know, and now mm-hmm. that I'm going back to work and we're not relying on my salary, I can be much more selective. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. So 
I casually applied to a few jobs initially. And then I would say after about a year, I, I was always keeping my eye out on openings and so forth. But after about a year, I started getting more serious about it. But I should also mention, and I think this is a crucial detail, is that we moved to a different state mm. while I was on my career break. And I think that was probably the biggest factor in the difficulty that I had in re-entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. So I initially applied kind of casually to some positions and, and I, like I heard nothing. I didn't even get a thank you for applying. You know, it was just like this was like on researching companies online and submitting applications online. Is for that what the most part? Yeah. About? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the most part. I mean, I, I got a couple leads from, you know, somebody who worked at the preschool or, you know, various um, personal connections. But for the most part, it was applying to positions that I found online in my area. And I was really targeting a narrow search area because I didn't I we I live in Los Angeles and I didn't want to mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't commute endlessly with the small kids and everything. So I was really looking in like a 30 minute radius around. Where mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, a couple things there, the commute factor is really important, especially in a sprawling metropolis like Los Angeles. I'm originally from Southern California, so I'm very familiar with, with that layout. Right. Uh, so, so there was, there were some constraints around your search in terms of this 30, this 30 minute radius for the commute. And also you're saying, you had moved to a new state. So you're kind of establishing yourself for the first time on a personal level with your kids in every way, in addition to maintaining this job search at the same time. Right. And, and I had no network, you know, right. I, and my, my children also are 18 months apart because mm -hmm. I, I struggled. I was older. I struggled to have the first one. And so I really felt like I have this window of opportunity. I got to go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so that that initial period was really intense. You know, I think anybody who has kids that are pretty close in age can say that 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 puts you through the ringer. Yep. So I uh, I was home with small children all the time. You know, I didn't I, I I socialized to a very limited degree with some other moms. You know, that I met through like a mom's organization in my neighborhood. But I didn't have a. I, I felt like I couldn't penetrate the professional people or the professional world around me. And so at some point in that path, I think I think I was just Googling about, you know, trying to go back to work. And that's when I found I relaunch online. Mm. And I'm a big podcast listener. So I immediately started listening to all your podcasts. Oh, how great that you started <laughs> by listening to all the podcasts. And now you're on the podcast. <laughs> right? Yeah, love that. Okay. And, um, I I went through the roadmap and really started just gobbling up all of the information and resources that you guys provide, and made the decision to come to the conference. And in the meantime, you know, I think coming to the conference was kind of a spur to. I wanted when I came, I knew there was going to be employers there. I wanted to be really presentable, so I that's when I created my website and got professional photos taken and made job seeker business cards because I wanted to be really well equipped for any opportunity that might arise. Mm -hmm. And so of course the the thought process involved in creating all those resources, you know, you really have to think about what you want and how you're going to describe yourself to someone succinctly and how to summarize the work that you've done 
So it was a really helpful exercise for me in getting prepared. But and I and I was using resources. Um, there's a, a website I found that will do a scan for keywords in your resume and yes. letter and match it to the job opening description. And so, I mean, I was doing all that stuff. And, and I should also say that although I have this 30 minute radius around me, I mean, there is an incredible amount of opportunity within 30 minutes of where I live. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's no shortage of jobs. That's, mm-hmm. that's not really the issue. I became very cynical about, uh, what are they called? The applicant screening systems. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, the, the applicant tracking systems, ATS, yeah. they call yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I, I twisted myself in knots trying to, and also I'm a writer. And so to me, it was a bit painful to basically stuff my resume and cover letter full of keywords in order to get past the ATS, knowing oh, that yeah. if I yeah. did, somebody would eventually be assessing me based on my writing. Right. And so yeah, that had to, right, it had to both pass the ATS and still not embarrass me as a writer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I just got so frustrated with that and so frustrated at seeing roles for which I knew I would be great. Mm-hmm. I had everything that they were looking for. I had everything they were looking for. And to not even get a screening call. Or like I had, for example, once I had this screening call and the guy, the, the HR guy, the first time he just forgot. And then mm-hmm. the second time I had scheduled it at a, you know, I was ready, but he was like 45 minutes late. And then I had to go pick up my kids. Oh, wow. And, you know, and so it was like it, I the loss of control that I mm. felt around my destiny was I think that was really what was leading to my feelings of depression mm-hmm. was just, mm-hmm. you know, I likened it a bit to um, and, and hopefully people will be able to relate to this. But if you've ever been single for a prolonged period of time and you really want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. that at some point, if that gets too intense, you kind of start giving off, I'll use the word smell. It's not really a smell, but you know what I mean? Like you start projecting yeah, this yeah. energy. Of, vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your, your mojo is no good. Yeah. And, um, and that's how I felt. I was like, even if I got an interview right now, the version of myself that I would be bringing into that room would not be the best reflection of me. Mm. Let's let me just stop there for a second because you've said so much, and there are a few things I just want to highlight. So first, I want to take all the way back to Amy. You mentioning the I Relaunch Roadmap, which is yeah. our intensive framework, uh, and it, it's a, a five-stage, thirty-step return to work process. So just wanted to highlight that that was something that Amy used, and that's something our relaunchers find very helpful. Um, And then the other thing that you mentioned about the conference, sort of, even though at the end of the day, you didn't walk away um, with, you know, a promising job prospect for the conference, but for some people, and it depends on your stage, some people just having that conference scheduled as a date is kind of like a launch moment. It's like, okay, it's official now and I'm moving forward with my relaunch. And you, you said you had gotten all those pieces ready to go and what an exercise that was in, in preparation. 
and one more thing I want to mention, because you said you had used a site that took keywords from your resume and matched them um, with jobs. There's a slightly different approach um, that uh, Oliver Shinkton, who um, has spoken at some of our conferences, he's a linked, he's one of the LinkedIn trainers. Yeah. yeah. And he said um, there are these word cloud programs where you can um, put your resume uh, or you can put job descriptions of jobs that you're interested in um, and feed it in to this app. And it's a word cloud and it's going to pick out what the keywords are for you. So that's right. an, I just want to throw that into the mix as another way of um, getting to some of these keywords that you talked about, apart from the challenge of having your your materials be written in a very high quality way, but also using the keywords. I like that you highlighted that. Okay, so let's move to the discussion of what you're talking about here about this loss of control about your destiny and um, this this analogy you made to, you know, when you're single for a long time, you want to be in a relationship and then you're you're not presenting the best version of yourself. So can you talk to us about how did you get beyond that? Like, when did you come out of it? How did you, um, I'm just, I'm so grateful to you for bringing this to the surface because it is such an, a, an important issue that affects so many relaunchers and I'll say non relaunchers too, people who are in prolonged job searches of all kinds. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, I don't remember what the, if there was a key moment that, really told me this isn't what you're doing right now is not working. Mm -hmm. But I know that I got to a point where, you know, I was doing my best to and, and this is another piece of advice I got for my relaunch was to tell every single person that you interact with in any way that you're looking for work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. so I was I told my chiropractor, I told yeah, I, that's I, great. I tell everybody, right? Yes. So I got to the point where when I was talking about it, the, um, the emotion in my voice, you could hear it. Mm. And I just knew, like, I wouldn't hire me, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if, I, if I if I interacted some with somebody like that, I would say, Oh, you poor thing, like, you, you need a minute, you know. Mm. And so I just thought, I, I just have to, I just have to take a break. I just have to stop for a little bit. And at the same time, I had the premium LinkedIn account and I decided I was going to take some certifications and so forth on LinkedIn. I actually didn't really think I was going to find much value in them, but I thought, well, it'll signal to other people that I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, that I'm trying to stay current. But yeah. surprisingly, um, I actually did find that the material was pretty useful and it kind of opened up a new avenue for me that I was really interested in, which was in... Um, in content marketing, hmm. which is kind of related to public relations. It's still writing, but it's more writing for digital audiences and and using, again, using keywords or writing for certain search parameters online. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did a digital marketing certification on LinkedIn and I got really fired up and excited about it. And suddenly I was interested in learning new things. I had new energy. I could see possibilities. And I, you know, my work history does include, I worked for a public relations agency, but it was a very small family company of like 10 people. Mm -hmm. And so I had experience bidding jobs. I knew what, you know, approximately what the hourly rate for my time should be. I had a very good sense of how to scope out how much time a project would take. 
And so those things were not hurdles for me. I know for some people who consider going to work for themselves, that a lot of that is very overwhelming. But thankfully, I, I already had a sense for that. So I decided I was going to go into business for myself and just see what kind of work I could get. And I wrote in my post that when I, when I shared with my social networks that I was going into business for myself, I got, I got project work immediately, like great project work. Wow. I think that, and I will say that it was all coming from people in my network in my old state. Mm-hmm. And that, that was not really my first choice because really I wanted to make connections and develop a network in Los Angeles. But at the same time, I thought, well, I'm just going to take these, I'm going to take whatever comes to me because it'll give me a chance to build a more current portfolio. Right. um, And give me some experience. And like, why would I not do that? You know, so I happily accepted the work that I got. Um, I got to do some great projects. I got to learn how to podcast. Mm -hmm. Which, You know, I I have long been a listener, but had never had the opportunity to create one myself. And I took I took a class in podcasting online. And so I got pulled into a lot of interesting, exciting work right away. And then after about six months, I got a new client. I was introduced through a mutual contact. Mm -hmm. And um, that wound up being the company that I'm working for now. And Ah. I had the opportunity as a contractor to essentially test drive the company I mean, they they had the same opportunity with me, although that's not the auspices under which we entered into it. But it gave me a chance to get to know the people and see the dynamics the in the workplace. And I I liked the company. I like what they stood for. I liked my supervisor or the the person I was reporting to as a contractor, who's now my supervisor. And so when they had an opportunity become available about six months into that relationship, I asked him, would you consider hiring me? And then, you know, they were happy to do that because they had a level of familiarity with me at that point as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, the idea that you started with them on a contract basis, it's similar to the returnship concept, you you know, companies where uh, you get to see an actual sample of the person's work and test out the working relationship. Actually, both sides get to test out the working relationship. You know, you're saying you were also sort of learning about the company and how they worked and the people there. And then they were seeing, uh, learning about you and seeing the kind of work product you could produce. And that is a great stepping stone to a full-time role. So interesting to see that. I mean, we talk about that playing out. And whenever there's an example, uh, it's wonderful to illustrate it. So this full-time position opened up. And did you just sort of seamlessly move into it because it was very similar work? Or did things, were there things that were new? And was there anything about once you were back into it, um, because you had been out for a few years, that had changed in terms of, uh, like, you're talking about, the digital marketing marketing piece um, was there was there any sort of uh, technical challenge that you had to uh, overcome? You know, I would say not too much, but I think that the work I did in the preceding months, taking various courses on uh, LinkedIn Learning and um, that sort of thing, 
I think that the the actual barriers were pretty low, but there was some lingo changes mm-hmm. that would have intimidated me if I hadn't had the chance to realize like, oh, this is the same thing as we were doing five years ago. They're just calling it something different now. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's like, there's a different platform that does this work now, but it's the same thing I was doing before, you know? I love that you're saying this because we see this emerge as a theme across functions. So like we had a PhD in multivariate statistics to say, you know, the principles of multivariate statistics are still the same as they always were. It's just the, um, you know, we, we're using some new platforms now to work with the numbers or our credit risk analysis analysts will say the fundamentals of credit risk analysis are still the same, but now the spreadsheet tools are different. Right. And, and engineers will say the same thing that there's something still familiar, even though they're layer of technology on top. So lingo acronyms um, sort of new products and services. But I love how you say, oh, yeah, that's the same thing as what was in the past. They're just calling it something different. Right. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big hurdle. I think the biggest, maybe the bigger adjustment was associated actually with the pandemic because I started back to work in November of 2020. And I think more significant changes to the workplace occurred as a result of the pandemic than they had during the previous, you know, seven or eight years that I was out of work in the sense Mm -hmm. that, you know, we were using, for example, um, I'm involved in uh, facilitating events for large groups of people on Zoom. That was not something that anybody in my field was doing prior to the pandemic. Right. And so there was a learning curve on some of that. But I think, you know, my coworkers were only nine months ahead of me in that respect, you know. Yeah. You know, that's sur- that's super interesting because I remember, for example, on um, there was a lawyer who relaunched after like an over 20 year career break. And she, when she relaunched, she became the staff attorney at a law, her law firm in charge of being the specialist in Dodd-Frank, which was uh-huh. a, a whole bunch of um, laws and regulations that no one knew about before, that it was totally new to everyone. And so uh-huh. they said, okay, you can, you can be the specialist in this. So the idea, you know, some of our librarians who are relaunching say, are saying, you know, uh, the, this fundamental cataloging systems are based on the same principles. But right when I came in, we were learning a brand new cataloging system. So I just sat down with everyone else and we all learned it for the first time. So I love when that happens or when, you know, you're doing something that um, because of some external factor in this case, no one's ever done before. So it's not like other people already have this big bank of knowledge and you're just, you know, treading water and, and trying to keep up. That's a great opportunity. And I should say that we also had to uh, make that leap on our I relaunch return to work conferences, which, as you know, used to be in person at um, different universities around the country. And all of a sudden, overnight, they became virtual. And we had to learn a virtual platform platform. And um, Sarah Mills on our team really led that charge fearlessly. And uh, it was uh, exciting for our whole team. <laughs> I have a question for you, though, about when you first took the job, um, the, the full-time role for, uh, at the client, can you talk to us about level and yeah. talk to us about what level you came in at and how that related to where you had left before your career break? So my last full-time position before I 
took a career break was a pre- I was a press secretary for a U.S. senator. So I was pretty senior wow. in my field. Mm-hmm. And then the title of the position that I took when I went back to work was PR coordinator. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who's familiar with this you know, segment of employment, coordinator is usually code speak for entry level. Mm. However, I really, I feel like the job was mischaracterized because the responsibilities, if you read the job description, were much more sophisticated than anything a normal coordinator would have done. It was reporting to senior level executives, presenting to the board, designing strategy. That's not something that an entry level person would do. And so mm-hmm. when I interviewed for the position, the recruiter told me, you know, why do you want this job? It's it's so it's so far below what you've done before. And I said, you know, to be honest, I know why you're saying that. Mm-hmm. But really, if you read the job description, this is not an entry level position. And the title doesn't really matter to me. And Mm -hmm. and that's the truth. It really doesn't. I don't care what, you know, (laughs) nobody's even handing out business cards these days anyway. So (laughs) why Mm -hmm. would it matter to me what it says on mine? That's a great answer. (laughs) I want everyone to rewind and listen to that again, because very good script for people to keep in mind. Yeah. So I um, stepped into the role and I mean, I had a, an advantage because I had been doing, it, it was, I would call it maybe like one fifth of the work of the position as a contractor, but because I already knew people, I didn't have to build relationships quite as much and so forth. So I was able to step in and really start contributing immediately. And it was the close of the year. So we were in the process of creating our strategic plan for the following year, which was um, something that I had done a lot of. And I was able, because I didn't already have a plate full of work, I took on the pro- the project of writing the strategic plan and really thinking through a lot of the details. And that's just, it was a real opportunity for me to, to shine and to show yeah. what, you know, some of my strengths, because I, I am a writer, but I, I feel like another strength of mine is, is being analytical. And so Mm -hmm. it it played to my strengths. And so I think that got me off on a really good footing. And um, I had the opportunity to present it to the board of directors about a month after. And at that point, I heard from some of the senior executives in the company that they took notice of my professionalism and the presentation. And that there was awareness that I was underpaid <laughs> mm-hmm. for what I was doing and that they wanted to give me a raise. Mm, that's great. I love that you had that opportunity, that you took that opportunity to step up and head up that uh, strategic planning process and end up presenting to the board. Like that's just a home run, Amy. Great. That's yeah. so great. You know, we're wrapping up now and I'm actually going to combine a couple of questions because I was going to ask, what did this experience teach you? But I also want to ask the question we ask all of our podcast guests, which is what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? So maybe there's a combination answer there that that, that would uh, give everyone some great closing advice. Well, I think actually it is a great combination answer authentically because I my advice would be that although the tools and resources are invaluable and they will point you into some work or opportunities that you may not have considered, ultimately, 
I got to a point where I felt a little overwhelmed by all the advice that I was getting. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing my resume with a lot of different people. And people would often offer completely contradictory advice, particularly on the resume. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so at some point, I had to recognize that I needed to step back and listen to myself and, and really get in touch with what I knew about myself and how I could best navigate the situation. And that's when I decided to go into business for myself. So I would say my best piece of advice is take advantage of all the resources, get every piece of advice you can, but also know when the advice doesn't work for you and Mm -hmm. try to have the confidence to follow your gut if it's telling you not to do something or that it's not the right thing for you. That's great advice and and a great way to finish out. Um, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you for, I mean, I just have to say thank you for all the resources that you have made available and for the work that you're doing. It's so important. And I really hope that there becomes you know, if you ever want to launch like a political action arm of this <laughs> operation, <laughs> I will be there. I will be there. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's, it's 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 very timely too uh, because of everything that's going on right now um, so in the weird. larger political world. So thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform, and be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.